Hey, and welcome to the BNI podcast. So, we're back here once again with me, Hunter, your host, and Ethan, Chris. So, it's been a while. Well, at least probably two or three months by my count at this point. And there's a reason for that. So, for anybody not interested in proceeding on wanting to skip forward by five minutes probably and get past the excuses, TLDL, too long didn't listen, life's a bitch. Life's a bitch. Um, but the good thing is, and why... Life is, yes, it's a bitch, but what we've moved on and achieved in those last few months and why we weren't here is, so, Ethan graduated college, so I would say a round of applause, but I don't want to deafen everybody and have to edit all that out, so no rounds of applause, but Ethan, <laughs> congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations are in order. Um, We've also been in the process of moving Ethan and getting him settled into his new job. So that's been a been a hell of a process for the last little bit. And then part of that as well is I went and took my PE test, and I passed that. For so, those of you who aren't engineers, that is your professional engineering license, which is basically what allows you to do engineering work for money and sign off on things. So that's, that's been a... A goal of mine for a long time, and I'm finally glad to have that done. Where, hey, we're finally there, and we we made it somewhere. Also, um, no round of applause, but congratulations. That is a very large accomplishment for any engineer. Thank you. So, enough enough whacking our own dicks over it, and we'll kind of get into the conversation of the day. Something that I hold near and dear to my heart. Something that I like to discuss. I think it's I think it's a fun thing to discuss. And that is um, martial arts, self-defense, and some of the myths that kind of gather around some of those things. Um, I do think that it is important to establish, first and foremost, I, nor Chris, nor Ethan, are lawyers. Don't take anything that we say on this podcast as legal advice. If you have any questions about what you should be doing, what you need to be doing in a legal situation, you need to go talk to a lawyer, first and foremost. That is the first thing I will tell anybody. You need to go talk to a lawyer. Go consult a lawyer. Know your laws before you do anything, because it only takes one mistake, and you will never be able to make that again. You, you'll be behind bars, potentially, depending on the severity of what's going on, you know, maybe for the rest of your life. So, uh, and at your least, laws, even if you're not behind bars, you, you could potentially be seeing the rest of your life's earnings go to someone over a stupid decision. So, And not only know your laws, know your state's laws, your county laws, your federal laws, but know the laws of any place that you're visiting. That's also very, super important. I'd Just, actually probably say that's one of the most important things, and that one gets people all the time. Yes. Because even right. if you're just going to be driving through a place for, like, a few hours, if you cross over a state line, you need to know whether or not what you have on you could get you in trouble. Absolutely. Because they are going to care that you're from a different state. Nope. 
So I, mean, I do have some examples of this, but I will save them for later. At the end of the day, right, the, the, the police's job is to police. Whether you like them, whether you don't, police's job is to police. And if you're caught with something you're not supposed to have, they can and probably will arrest you. So take that into consideration. Know your laws. Know the laws that you're going, the places that you're going to, you're traveling through. Understand that if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you should always go seek a lawyer. If you don't, if there is a situation that you're unsure of, and understand that self-defense is something, what what we'll call self-defense or defending yourself from a person that may be trying to hurt you is not typically something that you get to choose. Yes. It's something that's typically forced upon you, and you don't typically get to choose when that happens. That being said, there are things, and we'll discuss some of this further into the podcast, that you can do to help minimize the percentage chances of that, which is one of the things that we'll talk about a little bit in martial arts as well, and some of the martial arts myths. But uh, with all that said, I digress. That's enough of the... I'm not a fucking lawyer speak. Just take that into consideration. If you have any questions, go see a lawyer. Did I make that clear enough? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I think so. I'm just, I'm just checking, making sure I made that just, clear. Just trying to make sure none of us get any lawsuits here. <laughs> I, I, will not, I will not be held liable for any for stupid decisions. Any stupid decisions made. Accurate. Right. I like it. So, kind of moving into martial arts, right? And for anyone that's maybe thinking about starting a martial art, starting a... Uh, and, and by martial art, okay, this is, I'm going to piss somebody off. Wrestling is a fucking martial art. Boxing is a fucking martial art. Kickboxing is a fucking martial art. Fight me. If it's considered in the mixed martial arts realm, I would consider it a martial art. And all of those are... If you don't think those are martial arts... You don't know how to fight. There you go. I said it. Go ahead and get that out of the way. Combat sports are martial arts. Period. So, <laughs> let me go ahead and get that out of the way. Now. You see, I do want to mention here, you just asked, that's an interesting question. You say combat sports are martial arts. I, I, I'm curious, curious if you would agree to this then. Uh, side tangent. Okay. What, when it comes to a combat sport, are you referring to just hand-to-hand combat or any combat? So you're referring to, like, HEMA? HEMA or target shooting? Um, HEMA is a martial art. It is. I would agree so with that. Target shooting... It's not combat, know. you're shooting a target, so I wouldn't consider well, it. Well, uh, I, I don't know about you, my friend, but if you're in combat, you're going to be shooting a lot of targets. <laughs> well, you know, hmm. fair enough. Mm-hmm, I, I personally wouldn't consider it one. I, I don't know that I personally consider it one. No, I don't want to say it's because it's not strenuous. Like, it doesn't have, like, because there is definitely a level of physical strain that comes with it. Um, But I don't know. That's a that's an interesting question. I There might be, you know what? Fuck it. That, that's a good podcast idea. We'll write that down. We'll come back to that. That's a, that's a, that's a good topic for discussion. I, th- I, I think how I would... What I would do that podcast on is and this is a good one. Um, we'll we'll roll that in with into a podcast on sport. Like, what is a sport? 
Yeah, well, is that that's a good. Oh, 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 oh boy, I'm about topic. to stir the pot. Oh no, save, save it for that one, Ethan. There's another. There's another podcast. So I guess for anyone who doesn't know, um, I I train MMA, jujitsu, uh, kickboxing. Um, Ethan trains basically all of those same things, and Chris doesn't really train anything. But Chris is definitely a gun enthusiast. If that's the right word. If Chris wants to use that word, I say um, better than uh, like a gun like nut. A gun nut. I don't like that term, but yeah, no, I, would, I wouldn't call. I wouldn't call you a gun nut, but I mean a gun enthusiast. I'd say the. I'd say the moral of the story though is that all three of us are firm believers in self defense. Yeah, to some degree. Absolutely. I, I will say I would love to learn a martial art. There just aren't really many opportunities around where I live, and it's. Yeah. Such a, it the only other places I could go are like forty five minute to an hour drives, and that's I pretty. That. It's a lot to do. Um, I am going to the gym soon. I got to get my membership renewed, which I have to wait till I get paid. So once I get my paycheck this week, I'm thinking of getting my membership renewed and going back to the gym. So at least I'll be getting some exercise that way. That's good. Mm-hmm. So I guess kind of rolling into some of the some of the myths and things that I hear. Um, as a martial artist, I'll consider myself a martial artist. I think that's fair. Um, one of the things that I'll hear is, you know, like any one fighting style is better than fighting style X is better better than fighting style Y, right? Boxing is better than Muay Thai, or jujitsu is better than uh, Aikido. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and take a moment to crap on Aikido. But most things are better than Aikido, just because Aikido has been proven that it doesn't actually work. That doesn't mean that it's not fun to do. It just it in an actual fight it doesn't work. I mean that's 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 been shown. Um, that being said, I I do have a problem with this. One one fighting style is better than another fighting style, and I think you have to break this down into several different tangents one right is like um when you're talking like one fighting style is better than another you might hear that like well a karate black belt could beat up a there's not really a black belt in um in boxing but like a muay thai black belt so and there's not really black belts but they have some breaking system and i'm not i'm not a muay thai guy so i'm not fully sure about that but they do i know they have some form of ranking system um and the fact is, is that ranks and the prestige of said ranks vary a lot by art, right? Um, a jiu-jitsu black belt, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, is nowhere even near the same thing as a lot of karate black belts. They're just not. Um, on average, it takes anywhere from 8 to 10 years to get a jiu-jitsu black belt. A, depending on the karate school you go to, it may be a year, maybe two. Um, and that doesn't diminish. That's not to diminish the karate black belt's achievements. It's just it is what it is. And a person that's been training for ten years is probably going to be better at his respective game, his respective sport, than a guy that has trained for two. That doesn't mean that there's not phenoms out there and absolute units that train for two years. Hell, um, 
there's a UFC fighter not too long ago that went from like white belt to black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu in like two years or three years. Granted, though, notice no, that no, I said granted, UFC fighter. And also, not to mention, that this is their full-time job. We say yep. eight to ten years under the assumption that most of you are going to work a full-time what, job. Two, two, three times a week. Yep, you're, you're going, going when you can, job, and you're when the gym's open. And then go get your gi on and go work. Go, yeah. go work the jujitsu when you get off of you're work. Getting right? about, you're getting about three hours of mat time a week if you go every single day that you can. Whereas this dude is... This dude is a full-time fighter who probably has a Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor that he works with as your 40-hour-a-week job. So he's doing, in, he, he's doing in what you do in a month and a week. Yep, he does it three times, four times a day, one or two hours a day. Also just a far superior athlete than your average Joe Schmo, as well as a good basis in other forms of martial art. I know that a lot of people will hate to hear that, but like, so I can actually say... And I, by no means, I, I would like to, I would like to preface, I am by no means am a, a, a badass. I am by no means even really that much off of average as far as like muscle and athleticism. Um, I might be a little more athletic than average, but not by a lot. And I have fought two professional athletes. And it's very different. It's very, very different. If you've never, if you've never dealt with that before, you never laid hands on somebody like that before, you just don't understand. You just don't. And the first time that they actually get a hold of you, especially, so I, I fought one Bellator fighter and I fought a professional kickboxer from Japan. And both are absolute monsters like they can manhandle any person they want whenever they want however they want but that is because not only are they highly trained and highly skilled at what they do the top of their sports respectively they are also athletic freaks it's crazy and that's not to disrespect them that's just it's insane what they can do um but also, kind of going back to one fighting style is better than another, it's like, well, better for what? Better than what for what, right? It's, it's one, of the, one of my topics here is like, saying that Muay Thai is better at kicking than Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is kind of like a, yeah, no shit. It's, there's no kicking in one. There's no kicking in one of them, and there's all the, that's like what the other one's known for. It's what it does. So it's like <laughs> saying that Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys are better at grappling than boxers. Yeah, generally. <laughs> I mean, it's like saying a judo saying a judo guy could probably take down a boxer. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. I would hope so. You shoot on a boxer, he's not going to know what to do for the most part. If he's never had to do that before, probably not. Um, and that and and that kind of brings me to say, like, and now maybe you maybe you start comparing, like, well, judo is way better at grappling than Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Not really. It back to 
judo as a as a takedown system far superior to brazilian jiu-jitsu if you're just talking about pure brazilian jiu-jitsu um judo as a as a takedown system far superior brazilian jiu-jitsu as a ground as a groundwork system as someone that like okay we the fight has proceed has passed the takedown stage and we're now on the ground rolling around far better system um where granted you, where you start to get more interesting is when you start comparing them like judo versus wrestling for instance right um and that kind of leads me back in or leads me to another point point is not all martial arts are equal but they don't have to be right um wrestling I would argue that wrestling in general has more practicality than judo does, and we can kind of see that by its pressure testing in the UFC, Bellator. That doesn't mean that there aren't high-level judokas. In fact, Ronda Rousey was one such high-level judoka in the UFC. She did a really good job for a for the first part of her career in the UFC. Towards the end, she started kind of losing, but she was a champion there for a bit and was holding the title really, really well. Um and she was, she is an Olympic judoka. She was fucking tossing people left and right. She was doing a great job. That being said, we see predominantly wrestlers do really good in the UFC. More so than judoka. That doesn't mean that judo doesn't work. It just means that wrestling as a takedown style and as a, as a, grappling style may be a bit more effective overall than judo. I know that I will ruffle someone's feathers out there by saying that, but that doesn't mean that judo's bad. And if you prefer to do judo and you have more fun doing judo than you do wrestling, do it. Do that. It's the the best martial art ride is the one that you're going to stick with and the one you have fun doing. Cuz at the end of the day, that's what it's for. Um and it's kind of and we'll get to some of this in a little bit, kind of talking about self-defense, because like if you go to train for self-defense, I don't blame you. It actually brings a lot of people in to martial arts in the first place. Um, one of the biggest things that I think I've actually probably heard from martial artists is that what got them going was wanting they wanted to be able to defend themselves, and that's there's nothing wrong with that. But you have to also understand that the likelihood that you have to defend yourself is really, really low. Doesn't mean it's not there. Just means it's low. Um, and at the end of the day, training... I'm not, and so I don't, I don't want to sit here and sound like I'm telling people not to train because that's exact opposite of what I'm telling you. I'm telling you you should train. I think you should. I think it is fun. I think it is a great way to stay in shape. It's a gr- it's good for your mi- mind. It's good for your body. But I will say that over time, what you'll find is that people kind of start to train just because they enjoy it. Like, I train because I like it. I think it's fun. I it's My boys are at the gym, and I go to have a good time with my boys at the gym. The... I don't train specifically for this scenario that I may have to defend myself. I just, I do truly believe that there is a level that if I had to, I could. It's a, it's a, it's, it's what drove me to the gym, but it's not why I stayed. If that makes sense. Which, I mean, I think that's most things that people do. Everyone starts something for a reason. 
but they typically stick with it because they just genuinely enjoy it. And so, um, I'm kind of one of the other myths that I hear is, and I, this is one that I hear especially from people that, I even hear this by people that do train, and This one's a this one's a tough one. This one's one this is a pill that people don't always like to swallow, but martial arts turns you into this big badass that can beat anybody, that you allows you to defeat these bigger, larger opponents that and typically they're we're referring to by these bigger, larger opponents, right? We're typically referring to people that aren't trained as well as you. Um with ease, you can you know, you can go out there and you can just throw guys around and just beat the hell out of them. <sighs> no, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm not a particularly big dude. In fact, I have sparred with Ethan, who is significantly bigger than me, several times. And I can say that, yes, I can beat Ethan. Reliably. Every, just I'd say every time. But there is a huge training gap between me and Ethan. Well, for one, you're talking about, you know, God willing, a purple belt probably in the next, less than the next year versus someone not even halfway to their blue belt. I mean, you're talking easily two plus years of experience difference. And so we're talking... Like and that's, and that's really the simple thing is that sparring will truly show you that that's not the case. If you do any true sparring against somebody that's bigger than you and stronger than you, and typically if they're bigger and stronger than you, that also means they're faster. Not always, but I I have I haven't met I have not met the slow lumbering big guy outside of guys that are like big and fat and out of shape. So, and they can still do some they can still do some damage if they, if you let them on top of you. Some of those dudes can fucking move. Come on, so, pretty quick. And if you get a guy big enough, it's just... It's hard. It's hard. So there is a rule of thumb, I think, that the Gracies gave um, in, one, in one of their more recent classes. Or I think it's class, or maybe it's a curriculum. I, I don't know. One of their more recent curriculums, I think they argue that for every 10 years of age or 20 pounds of body weight is equivalent to a belt rank. So if you're fighting a guy that's 10 years younger than you and 20 years or 20 pounds heavier than you, then you, and you're a purple belt, that is the equivalent of fighting a purple belt. So for anyone who doesn't know, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu ranking system is white, blue, purple, brown, black. So there you go. It's not very many belts. There's a good amount of time between each belt. Um, but you're talking, if you're a purple belt, which is a little higher than where I'm at, and you're fighting someone 10 years younger than you, 20 years heavier than you, or 20, 20 years, 20 pounds heavier than you, you're talking that you're fighting purple belt. So if I was fighting someone 10 years younger than me and 20 pounds heavier than me at this person at this point I am fighting someone that is in theory more skilled than me it's not that they're more skilled it's just that it it's going to take 
that level of effort to deal with them. Especially if they're tr if they're going berserk and trying to get after you. Um. So. My my suggestion to you is that, and it's not to discourage the little people from trying, because like I'm not saying that you can't. I can throw guys that are plenty bigger than me around a lot. Just understand that that doesn't work for everybody, and it's not going to work all the time. And so, and, <clears throat> and, and then maybe there's those little guys. That will that will, and there's there are definitely the, the keyboard warriors out there. I, I can hear them now, saying, "Well, I'll just use my gun." If we're going to a self defense scenario, right? If we're if we're talking about a self defense issue, I'll just use my gun, and maybe you uh, will. Yes. Also, to everybody, this is my cue. <laughs> it, it, it is it is part of Chris's cue. Um, no, and like, maybe you will use your gun. And this is what I will ask you, though, is can you? Have you ever have you ever trained to use your gun while somebody's grabbing a hold of you? Because I hate I hate to say this, but most likely. And so back to this kind of goes back to know your laws. But in most states, most of the time, if you shoot a guy that's 20 feet away from you that does not have a weapon in his hand. You're probably the bad guy. Spending a long, long time fighting in uh, fighting in court to try and defend those actions. That'll certainly be a court of public opinion, and it'll be a long one. And you yeah. probably, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say you won't win it. I'm just going to say you probably won't. You better have some but, good ass lawyers. Yeah, but I'm going. Yeah. yeah. Now this is kind of the thing of when you get into the discussion of well. I don't want to do all this physical training. I'm just going to get a gun and that'll fix all my problems. That's never a good idea. Kind of in the same way of like learning to learning a martial art to kick someone's ass is a bad idea. It's the same vein in the way of getting a gun so that you don't have to learn how to fight is a bad idea. Because that's setting you onto a road to failure. Because the first thing that's going to happen What's the, what's the first thing that's going to happen when a guy surprises you? Takes you to the ground. Do you know how to handle this situation? Can you get yourself in a position where you can defend yourself now? Because I'm going to be I'm going to be that person. If you get thrown to the ground and you can't get to your gun, that's going to be a 4 to 5 uh 4 to 700 dollar belt buckle for the as useful as it's going to be to save you. Well, I mean, we all own and shoot guns i think we're all pretty well gun enthusiasts but let's just face it i'll be the first to say it i i do carry a gun when i can but i will be the first to say nine times out of ten guns just make more problems and they very they well fix. can i wouldn't because, necessarily say uh, i wouldn't necessarily maybe not say always. nine out of ten so i guess but my, my thinking is you have to you you have to be confident um and kind of, if you're, I think you have to have physical training. I guess that, let me just go ahead and state my opinion right here, right out front. We're, no, that way I'm not beating around the bush and no one can try and, no one has to guess what my opinion is. My opinion is, even if you own a gun, you need to have some form of physical training. Even if you don't 
I don't fucking care if it's going out in the backyard. If you go out, okay, oh, oh I want to I want to pump the brakes for a second. If you go out in the backyard and train with your fucking friends, do not use your goddamn gun. Buy a fucking trainer of your gun. They sell them all over the place. There's cert guns, blue guns, there's fucking uh the red red guns that are like rubbery that kind of bend a little bit if you're going to actually like whip your friend with it. I it's still kind of hurts. Wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but you, you could. Airsoft gun, if you Air, want. Uh, they make airsoft guns that are literally shaped the exact same way as your gun. And okay. wait, and they you, do that too. And you feel do, them. Do not fucking use your gun. Don't fucking do that. That number one rule. Back to, we're going to go, we're going to go to gun safety here for a second. Don't fucking point your gun, even if it's unloaded, at anything that you don't intend to destroy. Okay. Thank because you for bullet thank gremlins? you for joining my TED. Thank you for joining my TED talk. We can go back to what we were discussing. Okay, those bullet gremlins—they can be a nasty little thing. But, but I, I mean, I'm not just only do say it, we might even them. need to. We might even have a podcast on just gun safety because I didn't realize how stupid people are until I worked while I was in college at a place that sold guns. And holy shit! And so, if you're, if I think. You got to have physical training, right? I don't even care if it's going out in the backyard and you putting that cert gun down in your drawers, your draws, and your buddy basically ties up on you. And the only, your only job is to strip his grips, put, post out, put your jaw or put your hand on his chest, post out, put some distance between you and him and get your gun out and get it online. By online, I mean on target. If I will. If that's the only thing you do, that's more training than nothing. Yeah, and I, one one is more than zero. It will make a difference. I, I will say one thing that you need to do if you're going to try and do these kind of things is don't half-ass it. Like if you're going to do this kind of training, if you're going to try and you know grapple, like actually try because the thing is is. The guy who's trying to take the gun from you in a life or death situation, he's gonna be trying. He's not gonna be. Oh, I'm just gonna, you know, get just kind of grab this here real quick. Okay. Like, I don't. No, so no, I, to be I, to be up. fair, so as someone who tra who trains, I don't suggest that. I don't suggest like I. I, suggest I agree. Increasing your um, increasing your your intensity, but let's over time. Let's, let's over time. Correct. He got it. Let's start off. At ten percent, somewhat compliant. It, it, everyone's heard it before, but no one does it in practice. Slow is smooth. Smooth is fast. All day, every day. Slow is smooth. You've heard it. Smooth is fast. You've heard it a million times, and you've never put it in practice. But I'll tell you what: there's two things that you need to know in any martial arts. Number one, leave your ego at the door. Number two, slow is smooth. Smooth is fast. Do it right. Do it right all the time. And so in, in the martial arts world, you'll, you will, especially in the jiu-jitsu world, you will hear the leave your ego at the door. That's like a mantra that people love to say. And what that means is go in with the expectation to learn something. Um, Bruce Lee's famous words, right, is empty your cup. You can't, a cup that is full cannot hold anything else, right? Empty your cup. That's the that's what we're that's what martial arts and in jujitsu that's what they're trying to get at that's what they're trying to say 
um, just a little bit more of a cocky way of saying it, if anything, to be honest with you. Yeah. But I think that applies to all training. Even if you're doing gun training with your buddies in the backyard with a fake gun, for the love of God, it's slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Get the motion down. Get comfortable with it. Build confidence in it slowly, and And you'll find yourself increasing that intensity as you get more comfortable. Yep. As you start to move, and you'll notice, as you start to move, like, I go to the gym. And I will do, and I'll, and I'm doing, uh, I'm doing drilling. I'm, I'm hitting, I'm hitting drills in jujitsu all, all, all night long, right? And I'll know when I did it right. I'll know. It will feel. You'll, it, you will have a feeling. You're like, oh yeah, that felt smooth as fuck. Like I, I just did that perfect. And when you start doing that over and over and over again and more and more, let's up the difficulty a little bit. And here's another thing that you have to understand is that when the rubber meets the road, um, it may not look perfect. It may not be exactly like how you trained it. When you're training, over-exaggerate the movements that you were doing because what you're going to find is that in a high-stress situation, you're not going to over-exaggerate like you think you are. You're going to make more micro movements and just and jerky movements and if you learn to over exaggerate those movements when you go to actually put them into practice under high stress you're more likely to do it correctly i think i think one of the best ways that i could describe it though is just kind of like with a gun don't limp wrist it right do it do it with the mindset of doing it right but accept the fact that you can make mistakes but understand the fact that mistakes can be problematic in self-defense. So basically, I agree with you in going into it with a mindset to learn, but also go into it with a mindset of wanting to do it right. Not necessarily have to do it right, but wanting to do it right is the best way of going about it. And I'll agree with that. Um, I'll be I'll be the first to say... I, I do not personally like the idea of you trying to learn things on your own inside of, like, outside, like, with your buddy. That doesn't mean that it can't be done. Um, It's better than nothing. It's better than nothing. I 100% agree with that. It's better than nothing. One is better than zero, but it's a damn way far away from 100. But But there are totally courses, seminars, things like that that you can go to. I would highly suggest, if you're, if you're interested in this type of stuff, going and finding a local gym and just getting some training under your belt after you get like a year of training under your belt, what I know sounds like a long time, but I, I promise it's not. Um, you get a year of training under your belt, you will make huge strides in proficiency in a year, especially if you just stick to it. Even if you're only doing it two days a week, you'll make huge strides in proficiency in a year. Actually, and, I got a. I I have something to add to this, and it's a one of. It's something I I was told by a veteran, and I actually agree with this statement. Um, the best way to train for battle is on the treadmill, because fitness, stamina, like weight training, just working out and getting fit, will get you a lot further 
then anything will because it will help you in every one of these situations being so fit is, will help you with a gun being fit will help you in a fight being fit just helps you that is and I, that is actually something that i did have in the in the list of things to talk about later on and that kind of ties back into remember when we were talking about bigger stronger opponents are harder to beat that applies to people that are just in good shape too Mm-hmm. Um, they are probably bigger. They, they may be just bigger genetically, but they may be stronger than you because they, they lift weights. Now, lifting weights is not a fighting style. You're the first to say, Sor- sorry, you gym rats that <laughs> just like to get big, you fucking meatheads. Lifting weights isn't a fighting style, though it does make you a little harder to fight. Yes, being strong makes you a little harder to fight. That's 100% true. If I can't rip an armbar because you can literally bicep curl me, well, <laughs> there you go. But, I mean, it's, it's hey, a little harder to get my arms around. the guns you need are these. <laughs> I mean, fact. It's a little harder for me to get my arms around your fat neck, but it doesn't matter how fat your neck is if you don't have oxygen. Those weights mean nothing. Yeah. Fact. So, so. But I think we've gotten day, a little off talk, uh, topic, though, because we were talking about guns. Now we're talking about gyms. <laughs> but, so. but it's 100% true. I think, and I think it's a, it's a topic worth the, it was a topic worth discussing, is that being fit matters in everything. Mm-hmm. It, it, it counts for a lot. And if you want to start a, prog- a process, you want to get be a better you, I really would recommend just starting with some form of exercise regimen. Um. Maybe it's martial arts, right? Tying it back to what we were talking about. Martial arts is a form of exercise, and maybe that's maybe that's the outlet you want, or maybe it's the outlet you need. Um, hell, it can be guns. I don't I don't care if you put on all your plate carriers and whatever shit that you may have, and you go ruck out in the woods. As long as you're getting you're you're staying in some form of good condition. Hell yeah. Because I think and, you know we we, uh, we do talk about this a little bit later because I have the same list we all do. But I'll just go ahead and briefly cover it, you know, right now. If you think you're in good shape, because I know there's a bunch of people out there that, oh, I'm fit, I'm in good shape. I encourage you to just try a martial arts class. Go to it. Get in a live role for the first time. And at the end of that first five-minute round, when you're gassed and you're covered to head to toe in sweat and didn't know that you could be this out of breath... And the guy that you're going with has been doing this for three months and he's ready to rock. You'll realize quickly, you will realize very, very quickly how out of shape you are. And while I don't encourage this as someone who's had to do it, you don't have to do it to the nine month extreme that I did for college. But go take yourself two, three, four weeks off. Life gets busy. You'll miss time in the gym. It happens to everyone. Take a little time off. Get back to that first class. You'll do that roll, and it'll feel like the first one all over again. It is insane how fast it comes and how fast it goes. Yeah, I think I think one thing I will say to kind of get kind of get us back on topic to where we were at, and it kind of falls into this too, is the best way to avoid a gunfight is your legs. Running don't away. be don't be where a gunfight's happening. So if yeah. and I know it. You know, this goes back to knowing your laws. Some states have duty to retreat, meaning your your first objective is to get out of there, and it's only when you can't that it's a problem. So I'm going to take a I'm going to take a contrarian point of view here. I hate that advice. 
Me I do. I, I say I, I do too. I hate. I hate the advice. Just the best. The best way to avoid a fight is by learning how to run. Is track and field. The best. The best fighting style is track and field. I hate that. And the reason being is sometimes you don't get to run. Right. There are there are one hundred percent circumstances you don't get to run. Yes, and that's that's one of the reasons I don't like duty to retreat laws. If you're walking down the street and I grab you and chuck your ass in an alley and we're in a fight now, which I know this is a very, very, very specific circumstance, but things that can happen, mm -hmm. you don't get to run anymore. Like, we're fighting now. Yes, and, and see, that's right. one of the reasons why I'm not the biggest fan of duty to retreat laws, because they oftentimes put people in an un unnecessarily complex situation when you don't, you have you have milliseconds to act and you're already seconds into the fight. So, but anyway, that's getting into politics, and I don't but, want to go there. But I also, non-political, I do agree with Jocko Willink when he, someone asked on his podcast once, I believe it was Jocko, they were asking about advice of you getting a fight or a bar fight or a fight out in the street, what's your most effective method? And Jocko simply responds with, and we're talking about a Navy SEAL who's seen active combat, said, don't. Just yes. walk away. So most of the time, a lot of people that are wanting to fight you, they're 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 bulking up, they're flexing, they're they're flexing their muscles, right? They're trying to intimidate you. It's, I mean, I I hate to say that we can base we can boil this down to basic human instinct or basic animalistic instinct, but it kind of it kind of is. We see this all the time. You get two predators like a, a grizzly bear and a or two grizzly bears that, or a grizzly bear and a a cougar, for instance, that square off. They puff their fur up, they puff their chest up, they stand up on their, the bear stands up on his hind legs and he screams and he yells. They, that's, I mean, that's what another person that is trying to fight you is going to do. Man. He puffs what? his chest, he gets up and he gets big, he starts yelling at you, trying to get in your face, trying to intimidate you. The best thing you can do is just walk away. Say, Absolutely. yeah, you know what, man? You're right. Absolutely, which is which is a much different scenario than just getting grabbed and thrown in an alley. The best yeah. method of self defense, nine times out of ten, is de escalation tactics. One hundred percent. Well, I think I think that's actually a good moment to uh, move to this this part, which is um, we have a little section here talking about how most people's ideas of martial art is. Uh, is wrong, right? Most people, most people's idea of uh, how would I put this? Like most people's idea of martial arts, martial my my martial mouth arts. is just not martial arts is wrong. They get this idea of like, oh, well, this will turn me into a badass. This will turn this will get me into the position where I can beat anybody, and if anyone challenges me to a fight, I'm always going to be ready and such. So there, there's this idea. This is one of the things that I do love. There is this idea of a puncher's chance, right? Um, and there is videos. I think there's a – maybe it's Nate Diaz. Does that sound right, Ethan? I think Nate Diaz got his ass knocked out outside of a fucking bar. Oh, yeah, yeah. He got knocked out by a drunk dude outside the bar. I think it was Nate um, Diaz. I think you're right. So – if I remember, it might not be Nate Diaz. I could, I could be wrong. 
I could Google it, but I'm being lazy. But I'm fairly certain it was Nate Diaz. But regard, it was a UFC fighter. I know that a pretty popular one too. Yeah, but there, regardless of who it was, I could I could be wrong on which one. But there was a UFC fighter that got his ass knocked out by a fucking old, out of shape, fat white guy at a bar. Mm-hmm. There is a such thing as a puncher's chance. It can totally fucking happen where dude just swings this big sucker punch and he catches you on the jaw and he knocks your ass out. Doesn't matter how trained you are, it can happen. I mean, are are you going to tell me that someone like Nate Diaz can't fucking absolutely demolish some big fat guy, fat white guy in ninety nine percent of other circumstances? The fucking course he can. He ju- he literally got caught with that puncher's chance. He was intoxicated and got caught with a puncher's chance. That's exactly what happened. And yeah, it happens. Um, that being said. This back to this isn't telling you not to train. This is the exact opposite. You one of the ways you could try and mitigate a puncher's chance is by training, mm-hmm. by getting better at dodging, getting better at slipping, getting better at blocking, getting better at taking a hit. Like if you've never been kicked before, like like a leg kick, if you've never had a been leg kicked before, you probably don't realize how bad it really fucking hurts. Another Doesn't way feel good. to uh, avoid getting your ass knocked out in this type of circumstance is uh, don't get drunk and start fights. <laughs> well, I can tie this into I can tie this into martial arts, guns, any form of self defense. If alcohol is involved, it's probably a bad decision. Take your drunk ass home. Yeah, fact. Yeah, fact. It, it's right. just a bad decision, and this is why I said earlier what I stated about. Nine times out of ten, when a gun gets involved, it probably doesn't help the situation. Four out of those nine that I stated, alcohol is probably involved. So I would, I would like to say, um, kind of. I, I know I've been, I've been harping on this. This like you need to go train. You need to get in the gym. I will. I do want to state this though there is a myth and there's this idea and it's and it's more common um it's a more common idea in the martial arts world in in amongst people that do martial arts and um it's that martial arts is for everybody and depending on the martial art the reality the harsh reality of that is no it's not um i'm sorry like i i've had a lot of guys in our jiu-jitsu gym that jujitsu that does not mean that there's not a martial art out there that's not for you it just means in general martial arts isn't for everyone like and i'm not trying to say it's exclusive group it's just they, they just you just don't like it you just i've had guys that came in to uh, our jujitsu class which is i would essentially just call it submission grappling submission grappling class right and they didn't like it. They did not. They were not having fun. Now that being said, martial arts is good for everybody. It is good for everyone, but it's not for everyone. And and what I mean by that, it is it is good for your body. It is good for your mind. It teaches you to deal with tough situations, and it's it's a it's a great way to stay in shape. It's a it's a prescribed dose of adversity. To quote my 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 coach, it's a prescribed dose 
of of adversity and it's it's hard and but because of that it's not always for everybody some people get in there and they just don't like it some people get in there and they fucking love it but that does that's also to say right this it doesn't it doesn't it also doesn't make you violent like don't get me wrong if you're not going to go to you're not going to go to a jujitsu a, a, gra- a submission grappling class or school and not see violence. There is plenty of violence occurring, but it doesn't make you violent. Um, there's actually tons of, tons of studies that show that it, ma- it does not make you violent at all. It actually does the opposite. It makes you less violent, makes you more or uh, less prone to getting into fights outside of the gym because I think it does give you me as a person that practices these things, it gives you a um, a perspective. It gives you a perspective of like, you you just got done fighting somebody and you think, oh my God, that was horrible. That was tough. That was hard. Now imagine if we were outside on the concrete and the dude had the want to beat my skull in. Puts, puts, puts the world in a much different perspective for you all of a sudden. Um, but if you are interested in that study, I actually have it listed here. It's the aggression dimensions among athletes practicing martial arts and combat sports. It is in the National Library of Medicine, or that's where it was published. You can go look that up if you're interested. Um, and but I, I do agree with that, and I, it's a reoccurring theme that we keep telling you: if you want to do it, or if you want to understand these things better, you just need to go try a martial art. Just go try some form of self defense whatever it may be, but it's the truth. I, the, once you go the first couple classes, all of these will become apparent. You will discover you are not a badass. Mm-hmm. You will get your ass kicked. You will discover bigger people won't go down just because you've been here a week longer. To quote, you will quote, discover... Why Gon Jin, there is always a bigger fish. Exactly. You will discover that, and you will lose that ego because you realize how hard it is being in a gym. You realize just how untrained you are and just how crazy shit can get because you're looking at a dude who could punch you in the face and he's not because we're doing BJJ and they're a good partner. But out in the street, or you're looking at a guy could in kickboxing that he could he could light your ass up all day if he wants to. Yeah. And he's just and it, he's playing with you. And it really brings you into the perspective because I've all my I'm just going to be honest. I have a bunch of friends back home. They go, we all go out to the bar. They get intoxicated. They're like, let's get in a bar fight. And I have to be the voice of reason. And one of the reasons why is because I started training jujitsu and I realized very quickly how horrible of a location and timing and setting that is to be in a fight. It's the worst place you could be. Being in a fight on the street, being on a fight anywhere that is not on a nice cushioned mat doesn't sound fun to me. Yeah. yeah, and Well, I I think that applies to, uh, you know, talking about myths about guns. One of the big myths I see a lot of people these days, and it's an unfortunate reality, is it's like, well, I need to protect myself in case I end up in a situation. This is kind of going back to you need to train with your gun just as much as you need to train your body. Yeah, one hundred percent. If whatever firearm, if and that's kind of coming to a discussion, and we'll, and we'll get we'll talk about this because um, we've been talking about grappling a lot. And the fact is, 
most fights in self-defense that you're going to probably get in are going to turn into some form of grapple. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Um, you go watch a whole bunch of videos of street fights and shit like that, and people start getting punched in the face. And a lot of times, the guy getting punched in the face grabs the other guy. He doesn't like getting punched. Weird. Everyone has a plan to get punched in the mouth. Weird. They don't like getting fucking hit in the mouth. So he grabs the other good. guy. It does not. So they <laughs> they clinch up, and they're now grappling. And so there comes a discussion like, when you're grappling, can you get to? Do you know how to get to your gun? Kind of talk going back to what we had talked about earlier. Can you get to your gun? Do you know how to get to your gun? Do you know how to? Do you know how to make that distance? Do you know how to strip grips? Do you know how to grip fight? The other. Do you know how to? to lower your weight and set your base so that it's harder to move you. Um, another question is, what kind of gun are you using? So something a lot of people don't, like we te- they teach you in like concealed carry class and stuff like that, the tap rack bang, right? They teach you a lot of that. Well, depends on the concealed carry class. There's some concealed carry classes that probably don't teach you that. The one I went to did. Yes. Um, Tap rack bang. If your gun is unserviceable or not doing what it's supposed to, tap the mag, rack the slide, should go bang. Doesn't mean it does, but but it should. Busy. Um, but in a lot of cases, when you are grappling over a gun, you're fighting over a gun. When you go for your gun, the likelihood is is that the other, that the other guy is going to instantly know what you're doing. Like, mm-hmm. if if you if you're tied up with somebody, you know you're not sneaking that thing out. You know, the minute he reaches for it, you know. I can't explain to you how you know and why you know. I can just tell you that you do. And you know just, quick. Oh, and you you'll know fast. Yeah, there, there's just something about a person's body language. Like, people try not to, because. That's the thing. Is like a lot of people will probably try their best not to broadcast that kind of stuff. But once it, things have kind of gotten violent, you're probably going to do. You're probably going to be broadcasting it on instinct because you're gonna, you know, you're gonna be reaching for it. You're gonna be making mo- motions that people are gonna notice. And so, and this is why I, I make that comment: is like, what kind of gun are you using? Because like a, an automatic, if you're fighting over an automatic in a grapple. It's going to probably go off once, and it's going to be basically rendered unuseful and or useless until you tap rack bang or clear the malfunction. Mm-hmm. And I can think of multiple examples to prove that, but most of them being heavily political, I'll avoid mentioning them. But that is, a, it doesn't take much pressure to stop an automatic from racking. It's now, why I mean, they don't use them you, in bear hunts. It's why they don't use them in any form your, of hunt in the forest. If you just simply grab the slide... Not suggesting that anyone tries this, but if you simply grab the slide and someone shoots it, you'll jam it. You will jam the gun. I promise you will. I mean, there's plenty. You can go YouTube it. There's plenty of YouTube videos out there. That way you don't have to test it. Someone has tested it for you. It's called rendering the gun out of battery if you want to look into it. But uh, basically, most automatic pistols, and this is why I say most, because... Some of them, some of the older ones, don't have this problem, and you got to be careful with that. But, but that's what I'm saying. But once the gun goes bang, even if your hand, if, if you grab the slide, the gun goes bang, 
it doesn't slide. It doesn't rack the slide. Mm-hmm. You've jammed it. You, you, the gun is now inoperable until one of the combatants clears the malfunction and then proceeds to shoot the other person. But to clear the malfunction and proceed to shoot the other person, you got to be able to get away from that person and buy you some time to do that. Right? And that's where your training will come in. And, and depending and, on what side of the barrel you're on, if you're on the side of the gun owner, then you need to understand that and know how to create space prior to using your weapon. And if you're on the wrong side of the barrel, which we hope you're not, but if you are, you you know how to stop it and you just hope to God they miss the one shot they have. And then you got to move quick. Understanding that if it's a revolver, you're probably not going to have this problem. But if you can somehow manage to gain gain control over the hammer with your hand inside the hammer, or if they do that, the gun doesn't go bang. But you have limited ammo. It'll hurt. It's going to hurt. But at the, uh, you're going to have so much adrenaline pumping through you at that point, you're not even going to notice. Correct. Go, that said, go ahead and say that. Yeah. That said, there's an entire family of firearms that do not have this problem. Yeah, the hammerless and, revolvers. And yes, if you get if you get yourself into a grapple, and they have a revolver, putting your hand anywhere near it might not be a good idea because it's probably you know cylinder gap and escaping gases may just go ahead and take those nice little finger digits off. But here's the thing. When you're in a grapple, when you're down on the ground, you or your opponent probably aren't going to be paying too much attention to what it is because you know what it is. And you know that it's a matter of life and death whether you deal with it. So you're probably not going to care too much about what particular type we're dealing with. And so, and that kind of leads us into like, right, the some of the things that we were talking about is like, what type of if you are if you are going to fight somebody, not that we're suggesting that you do, but if you end up if you're thinking about the weapon that maybe you carry, and truly looking at the weapon that you're going to carry, if you're going to carry a firearm, revolvers are better in a grapple. They just are. Like if you have to grapple another human being, and you have to fight another human being, revolvers are better. But revolvers suck dick. In a fucking gunfight, in comparison to an automatic. Sorry, they just do. If you have to take out, uh, I'm not gonna say that it won't work, but I'm gonna say or that a revolver won't work. I'm sure somebody, there's some cowboys out there that could definitely prove me wrong. But if you got a guy 25 yards out, and he is, and you're in a mall, and all of the sudden. A shooting starts. The automatic is going to serve you better. I think the bigger problem isn't necessarily that, but um, more accurately of if you have to reload, also true for whatever reason. For whatever reason, if you have to reload, I would rather be in that position with an automatic than I would a revolver. And I know some people well, can get really good with reloading a revolver, and you know they have speed loaders and things like that. But an automatic is just easier to reload under pressure. Well, they also make holsters that allow you to carry three extra magazines very discreetly along with your gun. So you know what's automatic? A really strange. It's kind of. Oh man, I love I love moments when we can tie everything together. So, what which which gun is better? Which gun is better, Chris? I'm I'm just curious what answer you you're gonna give before I give mine. What what gun is better? 
the one you train with the most. That's the best gun for any situation. It's the one you actually know how to use. Oh man, it's so the one you're most confident in. The, yes, it's weird. It's the one that you are comfortable using, and the one that you're going to train with and carry. That is the best gun. Correct. Period. And in, in the it's same way, it's almost like a martial art. What I said earlier about martial arts: the best martial art is the one that you like and you will continue to train. Yes, and th- that kind of goes back to the fact that these thing these things are transferable. A lot of a lot of skills can train. You know, go both ways. It kind of goes back to like. One of the most important things that you can do is make sure that you're fit because it's going to help you in martial arts. It's going to help you with using a gun. It's going to help you, period. So, like, a lot of this stuff, a lot it's of the help you in every walk of life. Yes, so a lot of the things that we're kind of nailing down here in this conversation is three main things that I've picked up here. Do it well. You know, go into it wanting it, you know, go into it wanting to improve but also go into it where you're going to have like whether it's learning to use a gun, whether it's learning to fight, whether it's just getting better. Keep at it and do what's do what makes you comfortable and do what you find fun. Like I know fun is a weird thing to put into especially since we're talking about self-defense, but if it's fun for you, you'll you'll be better at it, you'll do it more. There's nothing that, wrong with having fun. Like, I don't give a fuck what anybody tells you. There's nothing wrong with having fun. Yes. And I think I think if somebody asked me, well, should I learn martial arts or should I own a gun? The first thing I'd tell them is, why not both? So, and that's I really mean, the next question is like, which yeah, one's I, better? Which, which one, one might be more, um, martial arts is definitely probably a more expensive hobby. I'm going to be the first to say. It's, oh no! It, I, I would say gun. No, martial arts is a, martial arts is like a couple thousand dollars a year. Like, yes, I, I agree with that. But no, it's it's per year. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. You can buy a gun and train with a gun once a month, and not rack up a thousand dollars in ammunition. Easily. Gun. It's like martial arts gyms. A lot depending on the martial art gym. A lot of gyms they're probably the more expensive hobby. That does, but they're. You are investing into your own health. You are investing into a skill set that you can learn. Um, and you know it's because, like, in you might think, why should I even train if I own a gun? And that's kind of what we discuss is because a lot of times you may not even be able to take your gun places. Or in certain cases, what happens if you get a if someone gets a hold of you because you can't shoot a guy from twenty five feet away if he doesn't have anything on him. Right. If a lot of times the fight has already started before you are going to have the okay to shoot that person. Yes. Well, and if the person has a hold of you, how are you going to deal with it? But then again, on the transverse, why should I own a gun if I train? Because it doesn't matter if you're Bruce Lee. Maybe it's a good thing, you know, to kind of talk about this is because, like, um, you know, some things are going to, some things are going to have, um, scenarios you're never going to be able to prepare for. There's no Kung Fu in the world that's going to deflect bullets. No. If yeah, you don't, fucking I mean, get shot, gonna fucking die. I say, yeah, don't, well, don't, let, uh, don't let anime... Up. Don't let anime fool you. Uh, you can't outrun a bullet. <laughs> and there's some guys that you are... It doesn't matter how trained you are. 
I know this is going to hurt somebody's feelings out there, but it doesn't matter how trained you are. There's no, it doesn't matter how good I am. I'm not out fighting Mike Tyson. No, let's just put this out there. Mike Tyson exists and I'm not out fighting Mike Tyson. If I got in a fight, if Mike Tyson bust through my door today, right now, the only way I'm getting Mike Tyson, I am, I am surviving this encounter. If Mike Tyson breaks in my door with the with the will to kill me, the only way I'm surviving this encounter is by shooting Mike Tyson. Sorry, Mike, not not meaning to pick on you, but you're easily a better fighter than me, so you're just the guy I'm having to use as the example. Now, with that being said, y'all both kind of made your opinions on it, but I haven't, so I will now. This might be a little lengthy, but I have a point. So in the concept of which is better, martial arts or a gun, which should you pick over the other, we've kind of stated definitively the pros and cons of martial arts. My personal opinion, you should do both. But if you were going to favor one over the other, I would lean martial arts. Martial arts gets you in better shape. Martial arts is can travel with you everywhere. One of the cons of a gun, it just can't. There's more illegal... Im- and ambiguity with, with martial arts. And one of the reasons I don't disagree with that is the majority of defense, self-defense situations you may find yourself in is basically like fighting your drunk brother at a wedding. Yeah. It's, yeah you don't absolutely. want to shoot your brother. Yep, or at, at the bar. Some, some drunk jackass won't leave you alone, and if you get in a fight and you have that gun on your hip, chances are it's going to find its way out. And when you shoot him... They're going to come breathalyze you, and you're going to go to prison. Why? Because you had one beer at the bar after a shitty day at work and didn't leave your gun in the car. So, I mean, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that take. Um, um, also, more, if, more if, you're getting in better, if you're getting in better shape, it will definitively help you in the circumstances you do have to use your firearm. And, and one reason why I state this is because me and Hunter both know of this incident. It is someone that we knew through a, a, an associate from our, our hometown. Chris may know of him. I don't know. But basically someone we've known for a long time, their nephew was met this girl on Tinder or whatever, some dating website app. Uh, they were getting together, hooking up. Little did he know she had a husband. Husband came home. He pulled a gun on him. There was a fight. The husband somehow got a hold of his gun, freaked out, and shot him. He died by the hands of his own gun because he was not properly trained or ready to use it, which is one other big con of a gun. You better be mentally prepared with the fact that once you shoot that person, they're not alive anymore. You have unalived you can. You have unalived them. If you put someone in a submission, you can hold them subdued. You can even, if you don't want to knock them out and take the risk of doing brain damage, you can just hold them. I've seen a guy put a man in a sitting triangle for acting out of hand, and he sat there on his chest with him in a leg triangle and said, I'm not going to choke you unconscious unless I have to, but you're not getting up. And he sat there and held him that way. Could he have pulled out a gun in the situation they were in? Absolutely. Would it have been a shitty court case to win? Yeah, probably. And would have that guy had to have lived with the fact that he killed a man for the rest of his life? Absolutely. The legality, the legality around guns is much, much more confusing than that of martial arts. Simply, don't maim anyone. Don't break any limbs. Don't choke them to literal death. 
be in training. Training will teach you how to not do those things. It will. But that being said, I will say if you are, I would like to say if you are fighting for your life, no, no, I guess know the difference. Know if you are, have control, but understand, and this kind of rolls into, you know, what I was going to talk about, the martial arts or, or the martial arts will completely prepare you for a violent encounter. No, it won't. Mm-hmm. Um, violent encounters are fucking violent. They are just that. They are violent. And you have to learn to take initiative. And you'll actually hear UFC coaches scream this. Be first. Go first. Go first. What the fuck does that mean? It means take initiative. It doesn't necessarily mean doesn't necessarily mean throw the first strike, but it means be on your terms. Strike hard, strike, fi- strike fast, have violence of action and purposeful actions. Do something and do it now. Because like in a, in a violent encounter, in a self-defense encounter, when, let me ask you guys, when is the best time to do something? Before they have time to undo it. Before they have time to fuck up your plan. Right now. I was going to say, as soon as possible. The the best time to do something is right now. When's the second best time to do something? Uh, You don't get a second time. It's it's still right now. now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Third, fourth, fifth, best time to do something is right now. The truth of the matter is, we can preach training, training, training. There is no training that will properly simulate one of these situations because in this situation your literal life is probably in danger there is no training where your literal life is in danger like hard sparring won't get you there competition will get you closer but even still it's not going to get you there simulations will do you some good but even then probably won't get you there we don't say this to dishearten you we say this because that's this is the reality it's a sobering reality but sparring still helps you so spar with a purpose and have fun doing it that is the most big those are the big key points i want to take away because at the end of the day you at the end of the day you do not rise to the occasion you fall to your level of training well and i I think that's kind of going to um one of those things where you know people like to bring up the argument you know it's like well i have a gun because i don't want to be the victim well that's that's just not how that works you can very much be the victim even though you had a gun because you know this kind of goes back to you need to make sure that you know your laws first and foremost because you you don't want to go from being the victim to the bad guy don't want to because... be don't want to go from victim to victimizer and that can't yeah. happen but i think one Easily. of the biggest ways um there's a very important person when you talk when you look into guns his name was jeff cooper he came up with a basically a thing called the combat mindset and this kind of goes back to what you guys were talking about with initiative, right? Having initiative. Um, there's levels to this set. And he had white, yellow, orange, red. They added a, a fourth one or a fifth one later called black. But each color represented something very specific. White meant that you're unaware, you're unprepared, you're tuned out of your surroundings. You're basically you just yeah, you're basically just moving on and doing your own thing, right? That is a terrible mindset to be in. Because if anybody, that's what lets you be attacked unprepared, right? So you need initiative. And that's what he referred to as yellow, a yellow mindset. You're relaxed, you're prepared, you're aware, you have good situational awareness, right? 
And then, you know, to go through the rest of them real quick, you had orange, which, you know, allows you to identify your, your threats and you're ready to act. Um, you war- you're going through your head, the possible reactions to certain stimuli. Red is you are in the moment. You are taking action. You are doing what you need to do to survive. Um, the uh, And the absolute worst one, worse than white, is black, which is you've panicked. You're frozen in fear. You're just you've completely broken down. You're not able to save yourself. Well, a, a so, good way of a good way of probably looking at this is that white goes to black, but yellow will lead to red. Exactly. Correct. That is the best way to put that. And I think a great way to cap this off. If uh, do you think you guys have kind of? Oh yeah, I think I think we're I think we're in a good yeah. spot to cap this off and. I think the best way to cap this off would be to quote Jeff Cooper himself with this very good line. It is true that a victim who fights back may suffer for it, but one who does not always certainly will suffer for it. A true statement, I feel. Yeah, so I think if I could take away anything from this conversation is that the best thing to do is to be prepared and do what needs to be done in the moment and just try and I guess get to the next moment. In the so. words of Grantham, get training. Exactly. So. Get training. I think that that Oh yeah, we just found a podcast name. But with that <laughs> Thank you. Thank all you mother lovers and have a good afternoon, good night, good morning, whatever you're listening to this on. And we'll catch you on the next one. Goodbye, strangers. See you.